0: just find it so much easier to connect when I've nothing on my feet because I feel like we are on holy ground and that wherever we walk actually is holy ground because that's the place where God is if God is in us how could it not be holy ground and I just love that feeling of connection I had a weird start to my day this morning I've been thinking about this whole thing of love and everything that goes with it. And I woke up to Rebel Wilson singing Glory, switched to Anna Kendrick saying, only human. There was two things that really struck me about that. One, I've probably watched too many Pitch Perfects, which for a sci-fi girl is like, no, how can I admit that? But the second thing is, God is speaking to us through so many different things. When we watch films, when we see things around us, don't dismiss anything just because it seems bizarre. And Rebel Wilson and Anna Kendrick singing to me this morning where it's pretty bizarre. Today, we're continuing on that whole series of identity. How amazing is that? that God just wants to tell us who we are. But today, it's about a new command. I wanted to start with a quote by Desmond Tutu, who I think knows who he is over a lifetime's journey through trauma and everything else. And it says, there comes a point when we need to stop pulling people out of the river. We need to go upstream And find out why they're falling in. And I want to make it clear he is not talking about the river of God here. He is talking about the river of trauma, of murder, of so much destruction. And he's saying there comes a point where we need to go upstream and stop it. Not just pull people out. I believe we are a people who are called to pull people out of this awful world that sometimes affects us but at the same time we are meant to be a people who change things around us so that they cannot fall in in the first place. We are a radical revolutionary people and that's what this is about. That's why we need to know our identity in him because unless you know your identity in him how can you go upstream and change a world? Do you want to change the world? do you want to? Because I do. I believe that the Jesus that I believe in has called me to change this world that I stand in, whether it be my next door neighbor, my community, my county, wider field. I believe the minister is called to change the atmosphere here. Not just here, but across this nation, and that it will have an influence across the world because of what is done here. But first, we need to have that grounding in our identity, and that's what this is about. Because in knowing that, we jump high, and we are a people who are meant to jump high. We're meant to function upstream. And each of you knows that that's the calling on your heart because God is impacting you right now and speaking to you. Today's scripture comes from John 13, 34 to 35. So now I am giving you a new commandment. Love each other. Just as I have loved you, you should love each other, for your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. We each of us have a basic human need for food and water, but what we forget about actually is we have a basic human need for community, for each other. Isolation kills. There's a quote by Princess Diana that says, The way to dismantle a personality is to isolate them. And it's the 25th anniversary of that interview that she gave. And it's all over the place. We know the destruction that isolation is having on people right now in our communities. Why? Because we have a basic human need to be with each other. And it's powerful. We were created not just to be with God with Jesus, but with each other. That's what we were created for. And that's the beauty of it. That's the passion of it. And that's why we get stirred up by God to go and be in our communities. That's why we get stirred up to go and do stuff that we think, how on earth can I do this? I have no idea how to do this. Why? Because there's that need within us that rises up once God exists within us. That's what this is about. Seven times in creation, Genesis 1 story, we see the evaluation of what God has done when he speaks out and he says, it is good, it is good, it is good about the land, about the separation, about the animals. Then he comes to man, and this is where we first hear God's intention for us. It is not good for man to be alone. It is not good for man to be alone. He's not just talking about the marriage covenant at that point. He's talking about community. It's a foundational premise for us. At the very beginning when we were created, we were created for a community. Designed to have that upward relationship and that outward connection with each other. Almost 60 times in the New Testament, we are challenged to think about one another. 60 times. He wants to move us beyond our thinking about our identities only in terms of ourselves. That challenge to look beyond yourself. That challenge to be more than just who you think you are. And it's a real challenge, isn't it? Because that means we have to be vulnerable with one another. That means we have to share our hearts with one another. That means we have to actually say, this is who I am. Are you prepared to do that? Are you prepared to say, this is who I am? Are you prepared to work that out with each other so that we change each other, we work with each other, we learn each other's hearts, we share our lives together? And that's a scary place, and that's vulnerable as well. But that's what he wants for us. We can only function with one another when we understand this. There's a Greek word, kononia, which literally means beloved community. How many of us want to belong to something where we feel so loved? that we can just be free we can shake off everything that mdl has said to us that we know is negative and we can just stand there and say this is who i am How many of us want that? Our hearts have been bursting for that, and we search for it in churches. And when we don't find it, there's drugs, there's alcohol, there's sex. There's so many different ways we look for it. But the reality is God wants us to find it in each other, that beloved community. Don't feel isolated because that's not the intention of this place. That's not the intention that God had for us when he created us. He wants us to know that we are so loved. But I want to say to you that if you're not prepared to love each other, then you cannot encourage. You cannot share. You cannot move and grow with one another unless you first love one another because that's how we reach deep. Anything else is too shallow. It touches us and it might be nice and it might give us nice strokes for a day, but actually it means absolutely nothing because I need to know that when I'm with somebody, they love me, that they want the best for me, and I want them to know that I love them and that I want to hear their hearts, not just what they think I want them to say, but actually the reality of what's really going on in their lives. It's a deep, deep spiritual significance, deep loving one another. And it's not a like or a choice. It is a command. And what I love about John is, when he's writing this, Jesus' command to believe in him and his command to love one another are inextricably linked. There isn't a separation. Because for John, he believes that I cannot love Others, unless I first know him, because the love comes from the Father and then goes. Comes from the Father, then goes. Comes from the Father, then goes. That's how we love. It's not based on anything else other than, okay, Lord, I believe in you. Now show me how to love. Because I was first loved, then I can love. Do you know you're loved? Do you know Jesus? Do you feel him all around you, touching you, and just saying everything is okay? Do you know? Because from that place, you can then love each and every person. I love it. It's so simple, isn't it? We make it so complicated, and it's really not. So, firstly, what does this produce loving one another? The first thing is, loving one another is how we glorify God. God's logo, his value, his identity are found in his people when we love one another. This is what sets us apart from everybody else, how we love one another. You are set apart by loving each other. And it's not based on activity, it's never based on activity. It's based on attitude. It's based on your heart. I spent a lot of years really ill where I couldn't even walk up the stairs. To actually breathe at times, I had to have four iron infusions every three months to be able to even stand. And even then, there was times where I couldn't stand to brush my teeth even. Even that would wear me out. We live in a three-story house, so even to get to bed was difficult. Or even to get downstairs. Does that mean I was any less? Did that mean my identity changed? No! Because it was based on my attitude of heart. It was based on whether I could love people around me. And that was the challenge. Too often our identity is found in what we do. That's how we introduce ourselves to each other. So what do you do? What do you do? How often do we actually want to say, no, I am somebody who loves passionately. I am somebody who loves the creative stuff. I love to sing. That's who I am. Not jobs. That's what we want. That's how sometimes people feel like they don't fit. Because how do they say who they are when they don't have a job? Or they're going through a really rough time. We need to be starting to ask the question, what's in your heart? I want to get to know you. Because that's how we find who we're about. So how do we glorify God? By simply putting him on display, by loving one another. To glorify means to put on display. It's as simple as that. By loving one another. John thirteen thirty one to 32, which is the bit just before the passage we read to begin with. The time has come for the Son of Man to enter into his glory. And God will be glorified because of him. And since God receives glory because of the Son, he will give his own glory to the Son, and he will do so at once. Whoa, powerful, powerful scripture. Jesus points the way to the Father always. Always, 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 Jesus points the way to the Father. Our job is to point the way to Jesus. How? By loving each other. Simple. And that's where we find the supernatural element of what's going on around us. I don't have to be clever of words. I don't have to be clever of action. But the command is that I love each and every one here and those outside. That's the only requirement. Loving Jesus. Point the way to Jesus. Context of this. Just before these words, Jesus had just walked, Judas walked, just watched Judas walk out. A man he'd walked with for three years, three long, hard years. He had shared his heart with him. Now, for many of us, knowing what was to come and knowing that Judas was about to betray him, would we not have sought revenge or thought, oh, I wanted to have him up against a wall or something? Something that justified that feeling of betrayal. Jesus went, no, no, we love, we love, we love. Can you feel the heartbreak in him? He's not just saying, I don't know what's going on. I'm totally unaware of what's to come. He is saying, I am prepared to go forward in my journey, loving, loving, loving. And that means he loved Judas. He loved him. Why? Because he knew that was the only way to glorify the Father. And everything in him could not do anything but glorify the Father, How powerful an example is that? How much do we want to be like that? What a display of an attitude of forgiveness. Forgiveness. Is God putting on your mind as we're going through this, people, that you need to forgive? That you've chosen not to love? because forgiveness lack of forgiveness damages us it damages us because we are created to love just be forgiving them as we go through anybody who springs to mind so from a biblical perspective there was nothing greater Jesus points the way to the Father. We point the way to Jesus. How? By loving each other. Do you know, I want people to notice when we turn up. I really want people to notice when we turn up. I don't want people to notice just when I turn up or go, that's Tam. I want people to notice when we as a community turn up. Because there's something different about us. Because we have that deep, authentic, raw love for one another. That's what I want. That's what I want. Where we're prepared to wrestle with each other over the hard things, the things that hurt us. Because we love one another and prepared to be vulnerable enough to say, I don't agree, or I do agree, or... Can we just talk about this? I want to be challenged to grow still, even at my vast age. I want to grow. I want to continue growing and never change. But that means I need to be part of a community that loves me enough to say, Tam, that's not on. You need to do something about that. So who are we representing? God or not? Because there's no middle ground here. There's no gray area in this. This is what a witnessing disciple looks like. I want to be a witnessing disciple. Do you? Is that what's on your hearts? Because that's where the fire is. That's where we come alive. And I want to know life in all its fullness. Secondly, love is an unconditional action. The love he's talking about here is agape, which translates as compassionate and righteous pursuit of another person's well-being. It's an intentional choice to do what is right for them. It's an action. We have to mature beyond our likes and dislikes. We have to want to grow beyond that sense of, well, it's all about me and what I want. We have to mature. There has to be that constant growth and change and journeying. And no, it doesn't happen straight away. It is a journey. But we have to commit to that journey. Jem doesn't like sci-fi. I do. Do I have to mature beyond my like of sci-fi and only want that on TV? Probably. And I know that's a stupid example. But I live with him. I love him. I need to want the best for him. Our mind and our will have to be focused. We have to commit. And it's easy to only love the people who love you back. It's easy, isn't it? When they smile at us or when they just hug us, which we're not allowed to do at the moment, but I'm desperate to hug everybody. But it's easy, isn't it? It's so much easier. But what about people that we don't like or that rub us up the wrong way? What about those people? What about then? Because I am still commanded to love. Romans 5.8 But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. He died for me before I even knew him. He died so that I could live life in all its fullness. He died before I said, Jesus is Lord in my life. Why? Because he loved me. And he knew that was the only way I could be saved. He knew that was the only way each and every one here could be saved. Scripture is so powerful, isn't it? Don't you just love it? Don't you just want to eat it up? There is so much fire in here. There is so much love in this. Finally, love Loving one another releases supernatural response. Have we thought about that before? 1 John 4, 7 says, Dear friends, let us continue to love one another, for love comes from God. Anyone who loves is born of God and knows God. I know God. Woohoo! Sorry, that was a bit loud. Do you know God. Do you know him? If you love him, you know him. That's the invite. That veil, that wall that we have to climb over has been torn down by Jesus. He has pointed the way back to the Father and said, you can know me. You can have a relationship with me that is all-encompassing, that fulfills every single part of your life. Supernatural. A little bit further on, 1 John four twelve, But if we love each other, God lives in us. And his love has been brought to full expression through us. Full expression through us. So when I'm standing there and saying, I'm nothing. Or the enemy is trying to say to me, what on earth are you doing? What on earth are you playing at? Do you really think you've got this? And all I need to say is, do you know what? I haven't got this, but I know a God who is. I know a God who lives in me and is about to bring to full expression every single aspect of him through me, through you. Don't ever put yourselves down. Because at that point, you're not putting yourselves down. You're putting the God who is in you. Because he says again and again and again, it's not about you. It's about me in you. Whoa, and if that's the case, then all things are possible. I can do everything he asks me to do, because it's not about me. How releasing is that? How fulfilled do we feel at that point? Whoa, how exciting is that? It's not based on whether I can do it, it's based on whether God can do it. And my God can do everything. My God can raise people from the dead. I wanna be there when he raises somebody from the dead. I wanna be there when every single person that walks into the minster is healed in his name. I wanna be there when people are reached across this world and come to know the name of Jesus and there are salvations every single day, again and again and again and again and again. Because we've loved one another not because of our clever programs, not because of anything other than love. There's a song that I've had on loop and it's by a group called For King and Country, Proof of Your Love. I would encourage you to go and listen to that song at some point. But there's a bit in it that's from 1 Corinthians 13, to 7, and it's from the message. If I speak with human eloquence and angelic ecstasy, but don't love, I'm nothing but the creaking of a rusty gate. If I speak God's word with power, revealing all his mysteries and making everything as plain as day, and if I have faith that says to a mountain, jump, and it jumps, but I don't love, I'm nothing. If I give all that I own to the poor, or even go to the stake to be burned as a martyr, but I don't love, I've got nowhere. So no matter what I say, no matter what I believe, no matter what I do, I'm bankrupt without love. That's for you as well. We are bankrupt without love. Bankrupt. Love is sacrifice. So, my identity is founded in love. And it's worked out in how I love you. Your identity is founded in love. And it's worked out in how you love each other. So simple, so simple.